a lot of the lessons that you learn in golf translate over to life, the grit, the tenacity, the perseverance. And quite frankly, I've learned a lot more from my failures than I have from any of my successes. That was Joe McMahon, the head golf coach at Milton Academy. He's today's guest on the On Course Podcast. Welcome to the On Course Podcast presented by New England Golf Journal. I am one of your co-hosts, Sean Melia, joined by Jim McCabe. Jim, how you doing? Very well. We've uh, we've got a another episode ready to go today. We have Joe McMahon joining us from the Milton Academy golf team. He is the coach and was also a, a professional for a while, and we're looking forward to chatting with him. And I, I thought today, before we bring him on, we could talk a little bit about we're kind of now in the midst of golf season up here. We've been looking forward to it. Fine. Finally, the weather. We've got fives and sixes starting our temperatures, maybe even some 70s. So we're, we're getting to that point where I think I think one thing I've started to enjoy about golf up here is there are so many good events that players can play in if you're good enough, but that you can also kind of just watch mm-hmm. or follow online now. Like live scoring is really great. So I thought we could just kind of go through, maybe put a pin in some that we think would be worth going and, and checking out over the course of the next month or so. So that's that's what I thought we could do. And, and Jim, as someone who's been in this game for a long time, you you gave me some some extras that I had had not thought of or, to be honest, didn't really even know about. One being, let's just talk about the Norfolk County Classic first. Absolutely. Kind of in your backyard. Yeah, if you if you like watching amateur golf yep. in, in in traditional tournaments where I look at the Norfolk County Classic as okay, it's kind of opening the opening. I think the state four ball is up up ahead of it. The Norfolk County Classic plays at it's cool golf course, very cozy. Yeah, that's uh, for sure. That's yeah, one way to put yeah, it. They, they, <laughs> Presidents. That's, that's the. It's yeah. It's it's eighteen holes jammed into a little piece of property. Yep. Some cool par threes, kind of a famous back-to-back par five, fifteen, sixteen. Yep. It it's early in the year. Everybody's amped up to play. Everybody loves playing in it. It's the the competition is really good. It's a short golf course, so everyone. I think everybody who plays in that thing feels like okay. If I have my game going, I can shoot a good number, and then they get there and they remember. Oh my gosh, the greens are tiny. Yep. And bunkers are big. Bunkers are big, and there's a lot of a lot of fun with hole locations. And if it if it's dry, yep. And there have been years when it has been. The ball rolls pretty quick on some of those greens, the slick greens. It's it's just a fun tournament. I think Mr. Pazzioli is defending. Okay, I believe he's won that a bunch. And really good players have won yeah. it over the years. And it's fun. It's an easy golf course to get to. It's an easy golf course to just right out of the parking lot. You can watch them play nine. You can watch them play 18. You don't have to go too far. To, it's, again, it's cozy. So yep. just just beware. Balls balls are flying. <laughs> yeah, it's also open. It's a very yeah, open space. Be careful. You can see presidents from 93 south of the city. It is in, it's in Quincy, I guess, technically, right? That's the... Yeah, it's Quincy. That's the, it's in yes, Quincy. Yes, it is. This, this part of the state sometimes south of the city, it's, it's lost on me all the... All the towns and which crosses which. But yeah, Presidents is definitely one. That's May 20th to May 21st. Another one that I personally love. I've caddied in this. I've played in their cool like pro-am player-am event 
the day before is the Hornblower Great one. in June. I think it's June 2nd and 3rd this year at Plymouth Country Club, always at Plymouth. Kind of another one that really makes it feel like it's summertime, although the weather down there doesn't always make it feel like summertime in early June. No, even. Early, it can get early some June can be gloomy, tough weather. It can, it can feel like early March. It blows, but I think you would agree with me. I, the, the, what I love about the Hornblower, again, it, it get quality field. It's it's just a cool Donald Ross course. It's I awesome. Mean, Donald Ross, I mean, everyone starts rattling off great Donald Ross courses. I honestly think they always overlook Plymouth. It's really good. Agreed. The really flavorful part, I think, of the Hornblower is it's kind of morphed in the last five, ten years is how many good college players come up. Yep. I bet you Dave Dave circles that tournament and gets his kids up there to play. I know he does. I, Mickey Heron, former coach at Bentley, would have all his kids. In fact, one of his kids won it a couple of years ago. You, you see the college bags. You see these kids. They're coming off a season. They've, they've already played a lot of golf. They're usually in pretty good form, and I, it, it's really a fun tournament to watch them play. And the people who run the Hornblower, I'm not sure there's a group of people at a club, any club around that does as much for amateur golfers as them. They've they've had a couple of really good woman players. Shannon Johnson's yep. play, played in the Hornblower. They then they now have a woman's Hornblower. They have a senior Hornblower. Yep. They did a Which great is in thing. It, yeah, it's, it, it's in an, yeah, and I thought it was tremendous because the basic reward in the guys who have been loyal to them for years. There's a good alumni that has won that. Very good. I hear from guys all the time. Dr. Bill Mallon played in it. Yeah, loved it. Peter Teravainen played in it. Bruce Chalice played in it. Yep. Yeah, the the the. The loyalty factor down there is through the roof. Yeah, they 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 love that event. It's also you mentioned all the guys who have played in it and maybe won it. Won it. It's it's like Frank Vanna Jr.'s White Whale. He's never yes. won it. The Hall of Famer who's basically won like everything yeah. in the state and in the region. He just he has never won this one. He's come close, uh, and it's a harbinger for a lot of golfers. It is. Jared, I mean Jared Nelson won last year and then he ripped off. He won he won the Vermont Am and then he won the New England Am coming off his. His UConn is his fourth year at UConn. I guess he's in his fifth year right now. Guys have won it and gone on to win Player of the Year. Colin Brennan. Some guys win it and kind of decide this is. I think I can turn pro. I think I'm good enough to to be a pro after yeah, winning it's, that it's event. One it's one a big circle. one. Yeah, There's no question. James Driscoll. I remember when he went on. He loved playing in it. It's it's a fun one. It's, yep. and it's it's such a good golf course, and that's why they go and Frank and Frank will be tell he. Yes, he's he knows he's never won it, but he'll. Raves about it. Yeah, he won't stop playing. I mean, it's not like he. It is. Tay hey, Tiger never played or never won at Riviera, but that doesn't stop him from going back when he's healthy. Another opportunity to go see a kind of a, a golf course that you used to have to pay to go and see. TPC Boston is hosting the Mass Open June twelfth to June fourteenth. So another another event that if you just want to go and see a golf course that maybe right. you you're you haven't played again, just another another event that. Is 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 pretty great, and at a at a golf course that uh, that you can go and walk and check out, sure for sure. So that's the Mass Open, June twelfth to the June fourteenth. I have never been to this event, and I cannot go this year. I couldn't go last year. I've been traveling the last last year, and I'm going. My brother's getting married actually this this year. But the Northeast Am, uh-huh. 
at Wana Moiset is a elite amateur series event, which is the kind of seven major events in the amateur calendar all over the country. The Northeast Am is the one that's closest to kind of our neck of the woods. Dylan Manati won it last year, won it the year before right. from UNC. Pepperdine national champion, kids a stud, made the semifinals of the really of good. the USAM. Another event. Give me a little bit it's, Northeast um, Am. I, I I like it. I've been able to go to it a few. I love Wanna Moisture. Yep. Another Ross. Um, another Ross course. But this it's a it's a it's it it's one that always strikes me as you stand up and you look at the scorecard and you start looking and goes no power five. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, 17. You don't get a power five till the 17th hole. I, for my level of play, it's a long, hard golf course. Yep. The level of golf that these kids play, mm-hmm. it's not. They shoot some pretty good numbers down there. The course is in great shape always for them. It is, again, it's part of that, I guess, the elite series yep. that they have for amateurs. The Sunny Hana and the Porter Cup and all these tournaments that these kids, they, they circle this one. The course, the families host. Yep, host players. The host players do a tremendous job. I love the golf course. I love the tournament. It kind of overlaps the travelers and Hartford yeah, every year. always hits it, yep. So I'm always back back and forth. Again, this year I'll probably early in the week be at Hart, want to moist it, and then yep. after gonna, I'm going to cover the travelers. But it's, a, it's, it's fun to watch these kids play this course knowing, I don't know how, how they're shooting 64, 65, 66. <sighs> yep, yep. And, and the list of players who have won it, more, Colin Morikawa's won it. Dustin Johnson's won it. David right. Duvall's won it. Peter Uline uh, won Peter it. Peter Uline's won it. I mean, if you want to go and see the ne- the future of professional golf, go to the Northeast right. Dam and and watch. It's it's uh, just watching that level of golf is is great. And then you can You'll, say, yeah. I saw I saw these kids before yeah. they won major. No, Sam they, Bennett will be there. Guy who just had an awesome run at the right. Masters, unless he turns pro, he might not be there. <laughs> we don't know. I mean, listen, the the guys that you can circle and you you would think. They do a pretty good job of sending schools, like Vanderbilt. Yep. A couple of years ago, I went down there, and John Broderick was kind of brought into the circle with the Vanderbilt kids. Yep. Well, four or five Vanderbilt kids there. Yep. A lot of kids from California come and play. I don't know. Patrick Welch usually would, will yep. come back, like a homecoming for him. Yep. It You can safely say, if you were to get on and watch some of that golf in June, mid-June, you you at one of my said at the Northeast Am. This three or four of those kids are going to be on the PGA Tour for sure in the in the next five years. Yep, absolutely for sure. And then just to put a few other ones quickly on the radar without diving too deeply into them, the ISL's Kingman Cup, which is their end of the year eighteen hole event, is being played at Newport Country Club. Joe McMahon is coming in. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that event. But that's May fifteenth. If you just want to go walk Newport Country Club, who hosts like St. George's gets to play there. As that's their home course, which is incredible. Yeah, um, and then U.S. Open qualifying is always kind of fun. So this would be set regionals, is right? Is the that local, what these local, are local qualifying. Local qualifying, 18 holes. Yep, you, um, go, you go play 18 holes. May 3rd at LeBaron Hills and May 9th at the Orchards, Orchards. which is an awesome golf course kind of out in western central Mass. No, it's a great Mass. golf course. And if you've never seen it and you feel like watching don't know the fields yet, but they'll be good. Yep. There'll be a lot of good players. Yep, there'll be some pros, there'll be some amateurs, 
and there'll be some good good golf to watch there. So I would recommend going and checking those out as well. Let's bring in Joe McMahon. He can tell us about Newport Country Club and his Milton Academy squad and give us a good picture of what's going on in the ISL league this, this spring so far. Perfect. I want to welcome Joe McMahon into the studio. Joe, thanks for joining the On Course podcast today. Thank you very much for having me. A local guy yep. from Bo- Milton. Born and bred, Milton, Massachusetts. Nice to be home. And, uh, and you're in here mainly specifically because you are the Milton Academy golf coach. And I would love to hear before we talk about Milton and ISL golf, just your kind of golf origin story. How did you get into the game and, and what, what do you love about it growing up or did you, were you a late starter? I was interested to hear about people's, how they got into it. Yep. So this is my second season as the coach at Milton Academy. As background, I was player of the year in boys scholastic basketball at Milton High School and was we won a state championship in 1988, went to Tufts, played basketball and golf at Tufts, uh, and then post-graduation actually turned professional, played professional golf for about six years. Mini tour stuff, yeah. double A, triple A sort of baseball comparison. Yep. And then went back to business school. Well, first started my own business called City Golf, which still exists in Boston yeah. today. And yeah. teaching and practice centers for golf. Sold that in 1999, went back to business school, and then came out, spent 15 years in Manhattan working for Citigroup, investment banking primarily. Moved back up to Boston in 2014, 2015, a member at the Catanza Club in Marion. Tough, tough yep, spot. A, a pretty nice place. <laughs> and we actually hosted the U.S. Senior Amateur last year. I was there. It was awesome. Natural, na- nationally relevant event. First time we've hosted a recognized major in about 40, 50 years. Yeah, since the Walker Cup. The Walker Cup, Cup. Right? yep. 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 Yeah. When Kenny Venturi holed out on the 14th hole to win the Walker Cup for the U.S. And uh, long story short, my niece, Gabrielle Eldridge, was the strength and conditioning coach at Milton Academy last year. Lamar Reddix, who is the athletic director, was about six years younger than me at Milton High School. Okay, He was also player of the year in Massachusetts. Boy scholastic basketball. Yeah. Was six years younger than me, played basketball with my younger brother. I've known him literally since he was probably 10 years old. <laughs> so Gabrielle and Lamar, last February when the golf coach left the school, came up with this evil master plan that they were <laughs> going to convince me to come over to Milton and coach the golf team over there. And we've had a season and a half of just wonderful, wonderful experience. Great kids. We were fortunate enough to win the Kingman Cup last year. Yep. And we were very competitive in year one for the overall ISL title. I mentioned we had a little bit of a barbell team last year whereby we had five seniors and then four sophomores and a freshman. So we had five players coming back this year. We've got a team of nine this year. And we're off to a pretty good start yep. in a very, very competitive league. So the kids are super excited. I'm super excited for year two. And it's a sprint. We've got about five, six weeks where we're really yeah. competitive. We play two, three, four times a week. Uh, and it's a lot of golf in a short amount of time for the kids who are really, really dedicated to their craft. Yeah. Where where did you, when you were growing up, where did you play in, were you were you playing golf in, at Presidents? Were you playing golf in at Furnacebrook? Where, where did you apply your, apply your craft? So I actually have a little bit of an odd story. I was playing basketball at Tufts and slipped on a wet spot at Franklin and Marshall. I went to take a charge and then I went to step out of bounds and get it in real quick. And I actually blew out my right knee. 
So they took out 30% of the cartilage in my right knee in after my sophomore season. And then what they had me do is they wanted me to walk the golf course. Two of my best friends that I played basketball with played golf all summer, and they're like, just walk with them. Oh, that's so amazing. So I walked for April and May, and then come June, I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to be out here, I'm going to start <laughs> playing this stupid game. And it really was the sort of thing where it was that one shot, and then it was straight downhill from there. Yeah. Just the compulsive addictive in me took over, and <laughs> next thing you know, I didn't play basketball my junior season, so I, I really just I played golf my junior season at, at, at Tufts, and then played all of my senior year, and then after my senior year, I got into law school at, Tuff, at a Suffolk University. Yeah. And turned to my dad and just said, you know what? I need some time to go do something else. And I moved to Florida. I was super fortunate that one of my best friends worked for David Ledbetter at the yeah. period of time when that was Nick Faldo, Nick Price. Yeah. He um, was the guy. He was the guy. Yeah. So we uh-huh. played and practiced out of Lake Nona. I cashed my first professional check at what's the place that Paul Fireman owns down the Cape? A Willowbend? Willowbend, exactly. It was for $287.50, and I still have it framed. And five years later, I was 28 turning 29, and I had five top fives that year, including three seconds. And I faced a choice, which was I'm now 28 years old, and I could either pursue this and potentially make it or choose a different path. And with an education from Tufts and a background that I had, I chose a different path. And some of my friends, Jason Karen, as an example, is one of my closest friends, played on the oh, PGA wow. Tour for four or five years, played on the Nike Tour for 13, 14 years, is now the best player in the country as a PGA professional, just turned 50, should have a great year this year in all the majors, playing in the professional majors. Yeah. So that was sort of what I had to do analysis on at 28, 29 yeah. years old. It's like it could look like this or it could look like that. <laughs> and I went left, Jason went right, had a great career. And I ended up going back to business school and just took a different path. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, Jason's a good friend of mine. He's yeah, great, great, great guy. Mill River Club, yep. and he's, a, I, sadly, I should never, I, I tell him all the time, I hate to remember you, but your golf bag was the best. <laughs> he used to be sponsored by Oreo yep. cookies. Yeah. <laughs> and his, everyone loved his golf bag. Yeah. But, so, but if Jason, he, he is a great personality, so... You were hanging with good company with him. And his wife, Liz, is even better than he is. So Yes, she can play. My favorite was when we would go down, we would literally go down to Jupiter and stay at his place right on the beach off of A1A. And not only was he sponsored by them, but you could open his cupboards and and you could literally have whatever you wanted. So (laughs) we would come home at 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, and it was a complete free-for-all in his apartment. I'm I'm just curious, when I hear the story, because I totally understand the dream I, 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 not for me I, I stink <laughs> but the game's addictive and the game's in your in your soul and if but what it what about it said yeah i can i can do this professionally because it's sometimes people on this your friend even your friends had a said really joe yeah you know? I, i've been fortunate enough that i had parents that truly believed in me and, and actually instilled me with this belief that I could literally do anything if I just put my heart into it. And I've done a few things in my life looking back now that if I had known more, if I had known just how difficult they were, the transition from playing basketball to playing golf, it didn't seem like a big deal to me to go play golf professionally. It was like, I'm just going to do it because yeah. I want to. 
the transition from playing golf to going to business school and becoming an investment banker. If I knew at the time how difficult that was, I'm not sure I would have made that choice looking back at it now as a more educated person. I was dumb enough to just not care. You couldn't tell me that I couldn't do something because I just, my dad, my mom had convinced me that if you worked hard enough, then good things came out of that. It's like Ben Hogan used to say, you dig it out of the Mm. dirt. If you just worked hard enough, you could achieve whatever you put your mind to. Now I know that sometimes you are fortunate enough that you get breaks in life, in golf, a lot of the lessons that you learn in golf translate over to life. The the grit, the tenacity, the perseverance, all of the things that right. you take out of the game from not even a round to round or hole to hole, from shot to shot. Being able to have a very short memory and translate everything that comes out of that. And quite frankly, I've learned a lot more from my failures than I have from any of my successes. So. Yeah just being able to look at situations and compartmentalize them and and really take them for what they're worth and isolate them and realize that it's never as good or as bad as it seems. Golf holistically, and this is one of the things that I work on with my kids, is both my children and I call the kids at Milton. I mean, my kids, (laughs) I take specific ownership over them at this point, whether they like it or not. But uh, we work a lot on... One of the things I had them do when I first started was I bought them all a book. Mm-hmm. And it had nothing to do with golf. It was Dr. Bob Rotella's first book. Yeah. Right. And we spent a lot of time talking about the mental aspects and the mental components of actually playing and watching kids respond and take that sort of uh, tutelage and yeah. leadership that you're trying to give them at this level. It's super exciting and it's super, yeah. it's awesome to be involved with. It's a great, uh, the people, when people ask me what I love about, the one thing I love about golf, not, it's not the only thing, but one thing, mm-hmm. it's total ownership, total ownership. You, you, you can blame the wind, you can blame the bump in the green, but the, tr- the truth is, it's the club's in your hand, you made the decision, you put the swing on it, you hit it in the bunker, now you get to get it out, it's total ownership. And a lot of a lot of other sports aren't that. Yeah, and it's really challenging to play golf as a team event because, yes. frankly, I have a dual responsibility to these kids. I have a responsibility to them as individuals, and then I also have a responsibility to them to buy into this whole team concept because I've got really, honestly, incredibly talented kids. I got three kids that are 100% going to play in college. It's just at what level are we going to establish them and where are they going to come out because they're still young. And it's having them buy into the concept that we are bigger than they are individually, Mm -hmm. but then also maximizing their opportunity to become something more. Balancing that has sort of been one of the preeminent challenges that I've personally faced over the last couple of years is I've got this incredible benefit of very very talented players but also the ability because they're so young when when I came in they were literally sophomores and freshmen to help mold them not only into players but into student athletes yeah it's like coaching golf is I mean as someone who played basketball and there's no like the field is huge 
you are probably only able to see one. You're only able to see one player at a time, maybe two if they're playing, right? They play in foursomes in their matches sometimes. Sometimes they're only one of them if they're playing in, in three those try matches, which I we I'd love to talk about try matches because they're fascinating. But like that that is such a challenge to manage the team when you're tr- you do try to like hey we're all together, but then you all are going to be acres apart from each other over the course of the next two hours, and then you're going to come back and figure out like how'd you do, yeah, and 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 maybe you catch an eye with a guy coming off a green or or off a tee box, and you kind of have a sense of where everyone is. But that's just that's always for me the fascinating no sideline, no timeouts. You just kind of shuffle them all out and, and hope they can do it themselves. And yeah. so much of that is like you got to instill that early before they go out and play. Yeah, I'm super fortunate. I have an assistant coach, Ryan Stone. He has been at the school for a very long time. He has been with the program for, I think, 13 years at this point. He's also the head women's hockey coach at the school. Okay. So I have a very, very competent assistant. We tend to divide and conquer when it comes to the matches. He'll be on one side of the golf course. I'll be on the other side of the golf course. You really can feel the ebb and the flow of it all because every now and then we'll go off in some sort of shotgun or off a two or three tees and people will go off at the same time. But as a general statement, you get the ones off first and they sort of lead the way. Yep. And then you can feel the vibe of that first couple groups yeah. where one team will win the first first hole. Every team will win that first hole and we're up in all our matches. And then what we really try and do is I, as a player, caddy, coach, whatever you want to call me, I will end up wherever it feels like I'm needed the most for the next hour. Yep. And sometimes that might be one hole to just get a kid squared away and back off, but you can always feel where the match is going to turn because, frankly, it's just math, right? There's seven (laughs) matches. you got to get four points. Some of them are going to be we got a half here, we got a half there. But if you get matches where you get a kid who's two up, three up, four up with nine whole matches are go, quick, like yeah. you're not going to waste your time there. That's good. We've got to focus on this area of the seven because I've got three kids that are either even or one up or one down, and that's where it's going to be decided. Yep. So I tend to be super hands-on primarily because at this point the kids trust me. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this time last year, I was still trying to figure out like where where the golf courses were, who we were playing. It was so rudimentary to me that the learning curve was very steep. But by the end of the year, once we got to the Kingman, we had them all figured out. Yeah, clearly. This year, we came in at a much, much, much more advanced level. Our lineup has been set pretty much since the fall. Yep. So we did know exactly how we were attacking things. We put in an off-season strength and conditioning program this year. I had kids at 20 miles an hour ball speed over the course of the winter. Like, we're super advanced versus where we were last year. Yeah. And on top of that, I can walk around with anybody from my one to my nine and give them advice, and they're not looking at me like, not sure about this guy. Yep. Right? Now I've established myself as an ex-athlete in multiple different sports, as an ex-player, as a coach that's led you guys to at least some sort of relevance inside of this league at this yeah. point. And that sort of expectation of success that we've built for myself, first of all, but then for each one of the kids, we don't have any push and pull anymore. We're all on the same team. And yeah. when they walk up to me and I say something, it's just accepted. And now it's just about executing yeah. and removing. As you guys know, like it, when you have any doubt in golf, 
That's yeah. the worst That's thing that could ever happen. Debilitating. So just trying to remove that little, the last 10% for these kids and just free them up and let them execute, Yep. then they, they become brilliant. Yep. They shine. I, ISL golf, I played at Middlesex, so I, I lived this this world. It is, it's a different format than other other leagues within new england so can you just give us a kind of a quick rundown of we're talking about matches like what is a match what entails you showing up to a golf course and playing nine holes yep so the long story short our season we have 13 teams in our league and we play each one of them twice so that's 26 points that are available over the course of the season some of those matches we play one team once then that counts for two points for that okay. match. And then other times we play those teams twice, and then each one of those matches counts for one. Got it. And then at that point, we play match play most of the time, which means that we have nine players on our team, seven play in an individual match if it is a try match, which you mentioned, yep. which would mean that we play against two other schools. <laughs> yep. So they go off in threesomes, and you're literally playing against two, two. other people. In match play. And you sort of need, like, uh, slide ruler and algorithms for just to keep score of the matches because there's so much going on and that's one thing we actually spent time just teaching the kids how to play in try matches and how to play in dual matches yeah and we broke our nine into what we call performance pods so it's the oh, top Paul Azinger stuff here yeah, exactly <laughs> investment banker I'm super analytical there's a lot of math in what we do so um, and fortunately the kids have gravitated towards it like it's logical it makes sense to them these are super intelligent humans so the more logical you can make it the more analytical it is for the most part they they like it so we've we've spent time teaching the kids how to actually play in try matches versus dual matches dual matches would be we then play eight players play but seven scores count right and the ones and twos go out together the threes and fours go out together five six seven eight and instead of playing against two people you're just playing against one and that's literally as an example us against middlesex right for one day yep so that's how this the season is broken up and then you can get obviously win lose or draw yep and if it's a try match and you're only playing the team once that year that's a two that could be a two pointer yeah. so you can either go two and oh oh and two or oh oh and two <laughs> yeah. um, and then it, it just it gets complex yeah and then once a year we play in what's called the kingman cup yep uh, which is a, a memorial tournament all of the isl schools play in it and it is the type of thing where all schools send five players. You get four scores that count yep. of the five, and it's basically your low four scores for the 18 holes. You add them up cumulatively, yep. and then you place that against all of the other teams that you play against. Right, more so like a college year. vibe. Exactly, yep. or, or the public schools, too. Yep. So as an yep. example, as a comparative example, when we won the Kingman Cup last year, it was held at Renaissance. Yep. We ended up shooting 304 that day. Yep. And then last fall, BC High won the Division One at Renaissance Public School yeah, at Renaissance, right. and they and they shot 306. Yeah. So one of the things that our kids always want to have is some sort of comparative opinion. Yep. Right? Always. So the Division One State Championship, BC High meant boys scholastic golf team. Yep. On the same exact golf course, same exact conditions, shot 306. We shot 304. That's a comparatively relevant statistic yeah. where they stand versus some of the best teams in the state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kingman Cup, 
producer Dave was here before we hopped on talking about he he actually graduated from Milton Academy and he said that and then he said he he graduated in 1986. Sorry to date you, Dave. And and you said, oh, that's the last time we won the Cayman Cup. Yes. So, like, Milton Academy is certainly not a, a a golf horse per se. Not a lot of not a lot of winning. Obviously, the the Bell Hills are kind of the yep. the staple. They were a staple when I was at Middlesex too. So, like, what what about this group of kids at Milton who you you kind of took on and in in the span of a season won won a, won a trophy. Yep. So I think if you think about the ISL, it's a league that is built upon, let's just say, historical excellence, right? There's been programs that have been built. St. Sebastian's had a program for years that they were turning out the best players in the state. Yep. Brooks was also in that category. More recently, Belmont Hill has been the dominant force, what Charlie Dore has done over there. Yep. They're bringing in great pay players, but it's one thing to bring in great players. It's then another thing to develop them. Yeah. So they've been really good at bringing in kids young and then developing them. Yep. I would say I don't do anything halfway. Right. If I'm showing up, then we're here to win. Yeah. And <laughs> yep. bringing that sort of expectation from day one last year really changed the expectations of each individual kid, what they expected of themselves, and then what they expected from each other, and then what we expected as a team. Now, you can have all of these aspirations, but if you don't perform, then it's just make believe. Right. We were super fortunate last year that everyone bought into the concept we had great leadership from our existing captain gus dudley last year we had a couple of surprises who came in i mentioned before sam borgart was a surprise who by the end of the season had played great and played his way into the top five for us but we had this group of sophomores and freshmen who are truly excellent yeah and I've got a great matchup of the nine different kids that I have. And you can't have all shortstops, right? Like, if you do, they just butt heads with each other. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a whole bunch of different positional players who they're not super competitive. They've got different personalities. They feed off of each other. Our number one, Reese Jensen, is just steady, mm-hmm. consistent, spectacular player but has that just laid back sort of attitude that he made a birdie, he made a bogey, you have no idea. Yeah. My number two, Cooper Love, is just an assassin. <laughs> we put him out, match play, he just becomes this thing and he takes over and he's got this bigger than life personality and he just he's an athlete. He chest bumps people and he just he he's inspirational. My number three, Rio Perlstein, just incredibly passionate about the game, is our hardest worker by far, Yeah, has decided that just going to be a player no matter what it takes, just grinds and grinds and grinds. And the sort of kid whereby I mentioned we can't spend all the time with everybody, right? Sure. So I could walk away on the third tee, and Rio could be three over at that point. And by the time I get back on six, Rio's made three straight birdies. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's just off to the races. (laughs) Yeah. My number four, Harrison Brown, actually is a hockey goalie. Yep. So brought in this whole persona of, I'm an athlete. Right? Mm-hmm. And there are expectations of how athletes conduct themselves. And a little bit older, also 19 years old, has these just incredible leadership car- categories. And all of the kids, even though first year on the team, just gravitates towards that leadership component. Straight down the line, 
Anthony Lee is literally one of the truly gifted concert pianists in the world, in the country, let's just say. Yeah. And traveled to the, the Middle East over spring break and was playing concerts with national <laughs> orchestras and, and played golf just that same way with this flair and brilliance that you just <laughs> need to harness. And then our number six, Kylov, is actually Cooper's sister. Okay. Who came in as a freshman this year and has really sort of just done spectacular things is now five one and four through ten matches and you know going down the line our team holistically has just really bonded and has really become very special yeah our number one through six right now is winning over 82 percent of their matches yeah like i'm sorry winning or tying yeah 82 percent winning points right like in high school golf that's yeah, unheard that's of pretty great so you know in terms of our depth it's very good, but at the top, those top three, if you look at the, the percentage of kids who actually are able to get college scholarships that come out of any high school sport, yep. right? it's 1.9% right. across all high school sports. I got three kids that arguably might, right? still young, yep. arguably might go somewhere for school for free. Yeah. Like, that's a whole different level. Yeah. So, and they've bought into the concept that, frankly, I can make them better players. And I hope, more importantly, that I can make them better people. Right. And there's a level of trust and we're, we're, we're in a great spot. And you asked me specifically about Belmont Hill. Yeah. We're still aspirational. Mm -hmm. like, we still see them and we're still reaching. We were real close last year. We yep. played them as hard and as tough as anybody, and I thought we had them. But they, let's just call it one standard deviation better than us. Yeah. Yep. This year, we're in that conversation with them. Middlesex is actually very, very good yep. this year. Yeah. Tabor, very, very good this year. We were fortunate that we took two from Thayer this week. They're very, very good. St. George is very, very good. So we've got a, a strong league, but we truly believe that if we do what we need to do, everything, the results will speak from their, for themselves. Yeah. We're more process-oriented and less results-oriented. If we handle our business on a day-to-day -day basis, and that includes being in the weight room, that includes practicing, that includes working on our short game, that includes eating healthy, that includes doing our work so that we don't have other stressors that we're thinking about. I haven't finished this report that's <laughs> due on Monday yet. Managing all of that stuff and helping them be successful is sort of what Ryan and I, and most importantly, Lamar and the athletic department, we're just giving the kids the opportunity to be the most successful that they can on yep. the golf course. Yeah. Are these kids that, <clears throat> are these kids been playing golf for years or are a lot of them kind of still new to the game so i would say that we've got sort of three different levels we've got this level which i put in that first pod which is potential collegiate level athletes those kids have been playing agga stuff they've been playing national tournaments since they were 12 or 13 years old like they play they are golfers golfers. Right? yeah yeah the next phase is we've got kids that play golf now, yeah. I'm fortunate that I've got three that play golf incredibly well. But as I mentioned, Harrison's a hockey player. Mm. Anthony's a That's musical yeah. genius. Kai's four, 14. 
right? Yeah. She's going to be very, very good. Yep. But, you know, we, we're still figuring all that out. And then at the next level, we have a group that is aspirational, right? That wants to be five, six, seven, that is working their way into that last spot. So right now, Vijay Thakur is the one who's playing seven for us. But whether it's Thatcher or Hugo, like yeah. we're all trying to compete against each other on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. That's a good mix. And yeah. the other thing that I had to deal with for the first time this year, because I wasn't here at this time, well, I mean, I was infantile. I'd just gotten into the seat, was we actually have a great recruiting class. So because I've got this group of six juniors, yep. right, who are all going to be seniors next year, okay, well, we have their great sophomore year, we have their great junior year, we have their great senior year, and then all of a sudden I lose all six of them and we fall off a cliff. And it's yeah. like, what happened? Yep. So what I've spent a tremendous amount of time doing this year is actually recruiting, Yep. which is an interesting exercise for me because I have a freshman daughter myself yeah. who actually plays varsity softball for Westwood High School. All my kids are very athletic, and it's it's important it's in the to blood. us as a family. Yeah. But you know, working with literally thirteen year old kids and their yeah. parents on trying to get them to come to Milton Academy, we were fortunate that we've got the three kids that we were super super hopeful to come in next year. So we get this class of three freshmen for next year, and we'll expand our team next year, and we'll probably have 12 kids instead of nine. Yep. And then the year after, we've also got to get sort of three or four to come in so that that offsets when these six fall off. We'll have, once again, three and two to four freshmen next year. Yep. And then going forward, it's every year having a class of two to four kids, kids that allows you to take out normalize the distribution and take out some of the volatility Perfect. because if you don't you're you're gonna have a couple good years and then you're gonna disappear again yeah right. so building a program yep. versus building a team so yeah that's what we're really doing now is we're building the basement yeah right? maybe we're even onto the first full bathroom yeah right of building a program versus having Golfers. a year or two we did well but then we disappear yeah. so looking forward to may 15th kingman cup Newport Country Club, probably kind of a nice perk as a Milton Academy coach is just you can lay out all these great golf courses that these kids get to play. Concord Country Club, probably Belmont Country Club, and St. George's is playing at Newport. What kind of prep as the kind of our last thing? Like you're defending champs, you're going to play a different golf course than Renaissance. Is there any prep that you get to do? Are you going to get to see the course before? Did you play a match at Newport already? What's that looking like for um, so, you guys? So fortunately, based upon my background, uh-huh. there's not a lot of places I haven't played. <laughs> and, and I'm not trying to be, that's, I'm just yeah, stating a yeah, fact, right? Yeah. So as a member of, at Catanza, I get to do certain Pull things. Pull some strings. And yeah, we've, I've, I've, personally, I've played Newport a whole bunch of times. Yeah. And uh, so there's that, right? Yep. That's always going to be a benefit to us as a team, no matter where we play as a team. Yep. I've already played there, and there's that level of when we're on the, as an example, we played at Wollaston yesterday, right? I grew up catting there. Yeah. In yeah. college. Yep. But, like, there wasn't a shot out there that I couldn't walk around with somebody and say, that's your target line. It's a five-yard cut off of that target line. We want to be below the hole here, over the green's dead. Like, yeah. that's most, a whole different holes. level, right? Yeah. Yep. So that's super helpful to us as a program. But the access that these kids have it's amazing it's it's unbelievable yes you asked me like where did i grow up playing in college presidents george wright <laughs> yeah 
when yeah. I got to go to the Hoosick, that was a Bennett. That was a, an amazing thing for yeah. me. I didn't grow up in a country club esque lifestyle. Yep. I decided that I wanted that and I wanted exposure to that. And then it was just a matter of going and doing it. Yeah. So there will be a whole thing of us preparing for the Kingman because for us it's a once a year event. Yeah. Right. We don't play stroke play. Right. So I do have a couple kids who I'm not sure how they're going to handle that sort of environment because they've been phenomenal in match play. Right. But match play is a whole different thing. I look at you, you look at me. It doesn't matter what the golf course does. I just have to be one better yeah. than you. Yep. Playing against the golf course is a whole different thing. Now, with my top three, they play against the golf course on a national level all the time. time. They'll be fine. <laughs> but three isn't enough. I need four and five to actually come and show up. Yeah. And last year when we won it, we were fortunate. Our scores were 74, 75, 77, 78. Yeah, that's good We stuff. have four kids play very, very well. Yep. I'm going to need four to five to break 80 to actually have a chance. Fortunately, I think the top three will all be in the low 70s, so that'll give us a little bit more cushion. Yep. If we don't get a 78, if we get an 82, if I get three 73s, we get a lot more room for error in the fourth score. For sure. So it's just going to come down to how our team how they- executes. And then on top of that, we have no control over what anybody else does. Yep. It wasn't like when we won last year, we knew whether we won before we walked off the golf course. Yeah. My kids were befuddled. Like they didn't even, <laughs> they couldn't even understand that they had won. Yeah. And then it was really the, the, the exercise at that point was keeping them calm, keeping them composed, keeping them. One of the things I've said to them repeatedly is like, if you want to be this, Act like you've been there before. Yep. Right? We don't run around crazy when we win. We showed up expecting to win just because it happened. You guys don't get to lose your mind right now. (laughs) So it, it is different this year. We talked a little bit about sports psychology. We show up every single match, and we will show up at the Kingman with a target on our backs. Yep. Right? We're not this lion in sheep's clothing that nobody sees coming every more. Yeah. Anymore. I talked to them extensively about you are other team Super Bowl now. Yep. Just like last year when we showed up at Belmont Hill and there was a whole different energy when yeah. we got off the bus <laughs> and you guys were ready to go two days before and we had chills <laughs> on our arms and our the hairs were standing straight up. You guys were ready to go. Yeah. Now everybody gets off that bus and you're the target. The lion. Yep. They want to eat you. Yep. So yep. dealing with that sort of transition for these kids who are used to a few of them yeah. playing at that super high level, but now expecting that you're going to take everybody's best shot, yep. it's a whole different way to approach. Yeah. And we've had to come out very quickly, very strong, very fast, because if you give a team that thinks that they could beat you an opportunity, three holes, four holes, to actually start to believe that they might, all of a sudden you're fighting. It's a sword fight with yep. lightsabers, right? Yep. If you come out and you win the first two holes, it settles down into, okay, we knew this is what was going to happen. Yep. This is a whole different thing. Yep. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. I'm not sure if you guys know the way that the schedules get set up, but literally every year the coaches just get together because access is one of the hardest things to provide. Right. Yep. Getting dates from golf courses is yeah. very, very challenging. For sure. So the way that the schedule sets up is we play Belmont Hill twice the last three days of the season. 
Oh, wow. So that so could be it, a it showdown. Could. Obviously, there's a lot of golf between now and then. We play Middlesex next Wednesday. That's going to be huge. We play Tabor on Monday. That's going to be huge. A lot of things have to happen for that to become this thing yep. in the last three to four days of the season. Yep. But if that is that last week, it could be super interesting right now because obviously we're undefeated. They're still undefeated. Middlesex is still undefeated. Jeez. So it, it, it's going to be this thing where it, it could all come together into this perfect storm where the last week of the season and then the Kingman Cup all gets super interesting and super exciting. Yeah, that's great. Well, I guess... Not a, not a bad finish to the season. Yeah, yeah. Not at yeah. All. And it's what you play for, right? It yeah, doesn't matter is. what sport you're playing. You want to play for championships, yep. yeah. right? So if this is the way that it plays out, it's an awesome opportunity. And yep. The only thing you can ask for in life is an opportunity to compete. Yep. My kids will be ready. Their kids will be ready. Hopefully we have great weather. And we're super excited about, obviously, we got off to a good start. Uh, but it doesn't matter what you do to start. It always matters how you finish. And you're only as good as your next match. So yep. that's where we're at right now. Well, we'll be following along and definitely some coverage on doinggolfjournal.com and I want to thank you for coming in and spending some time with us to talk about you and your golf team and enjoy the spring. Uh, we'll be we'll be in touch. Thank you very much for having us. We really appreciate thank, all thanks. the work that you guys do. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the On Course Podcast. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform. Thanks to Dave Yaz for producing the podcast. The On Course Podcast is a Siemens Media production.